Blog Talk Radio. We want to welcome you to another episode on MBKI Radio Broadcasting Network. Prepare yourself and get ready and allow the Spirit of the Lord to transform your mind. And here's your host, Apostle Anthony Baxter. needs to make that confession of faith tonight. Say it. I will never be the same. Not after being with you. Amen. 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 I want to welcome each and every person to MBKI's podcasting network. Hallelujah. Tonight we have Marvelous Keepers Men's Ministries, The Measure of a Man. It's a 20-week series we're going over measuring the maturity of men. Amen. So a lot of us call, our, call ourselves men. You know, you get grown, you say, hey, I, you know, I'm a man, I'm grown, I'm a man. You know, but how many of you know there's qualifications in the Bible for a mature man? That's one thing to be a man, but I think we as men want to be mature men. Amen. <clears throat> you know, I remember they, they told me, they said, you know, when you start using alcohol and smoking weed and all these type of things, your emotion, you stop growing emotionally. And so a lot of us have grown up in age, but emotionally we are still kids because we have used a mind-altering drug that stopped our emotional growth. So we have some catching up to do. But we still call ourselves grown men. Amen. Well, we're going to see here where we measure. Amen. The reason why we're going over this one is because men and women need to be able to qualify as leaders in the church. And these are the prerequisites of a leader in the church. Now, what is a leader? A leader is a mature man or woman. Now, we're not going over the women at this time, but believe me, I got something coming for the women. Amen. We're talking about the men. But women, if you're listening in, this will assist you in understanding what a mature man looks like. So you know the type of man to marry or it allow you to take a barometer of your husband or your mate so that you're able to see, is he mature or is he still dealing with some emotional issues and he has to step his game up and grow up a little bit? And, you know, we all have to grow in areas. Amen. But at least you kind of know what a mature man looks like. Amen. Glory be to God. So we're going to go ahead and uh, open up in prayer. Hallelujah. We got to welcome the Holy Ghost in, right? Hallelujah. You know, we can't do nothing without him. And I don't want to tell you uh, or teach uh, from my flesh because I may send you. (laughs) But the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, he has all truth. Hallelujah. And he's going to lead us right where we need to be. Amen. Glory be to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give thanks, honor, and praise unto you. 
for you are worthy, Father God. There is none like you, and we just give thanks. Right now, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the good. We thank you for the bad. We thank you for past due bills. We thank you for the money that's on the way. We thank you, Father God, for each and every situation and circumstance that we might be enduring right now. The Bible says that we need to count it all joy, to be joyful in the midst of a time as this, as we are dealing with the pandemic. Hallelujah. We know, Father God, that you have your children's needs in the forefront of your mind. Amen. And as we attach our faith with our need, hallelujah, we know that we will receive from you what it is that we are needing Hallelujah, here on the earth. Amen. Glory be to God. The Bible says if we ask, we shall receive by faith. So, Lord, I decree and declare that each and every person that is listening to this podcast, hallelujah, those in other countries, those that will listen here down the line, I decree and declare that their faith will come up and their expectations in you will rise up to where they will receive what it is that they need by the faith and the expectation that is within them. Father God, as we prepare for the word that you have for us on tonight, I just pray that you open up the hearts and minds of your people, Lord God, that they may receive from you what it is that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we give thanks and praise unto you. Hallelujah. You have saved us. You have pulled us out of places, Lord, taken us out of crack houses, taken us out of drug dens. Hallelujah. Strip clubs. Hallelujah. Street corners. You have done it all, Father. Where would we be without you? And where would we go? Hallelujah. Where would we go? Hallelujah.
this number you probably dialed it but uh if you are uh, listening to us from uh, uh spotify or google podcast you can always join us live here's the number is 515-605-9839 that's 515-605-9839 amen come join us live glory be to god Hallelujah. Now, on Wednesdays, we have Bible study, Kingdom Encounter Bible study at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern. Amen. 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's Kingdom Encounter Bible study. Then on Friday, we have Beta Mentoring, which is our conference line. And I want to make an announcement. This Friday, we will not be having kingdom encounter bible study okay so not this friday but you can come join us next friday amen and that next friday would be the 18th so on the 11th we're not going to be on but on the 18th we'll be back at you amen hallelujah and it's the same time 6 p.m pacific 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern that's for beta mentoring this is where our up-and-coming leaders, hallelujah, are able to take the platform and exercise their gifts, build confidence in themselves to go outside of the walls and begin to minister and do thus says the Lord as he has uh, predestined for them to do. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And then we have uh, an hour of power, which is our prayer line. Amen. Hallelujah. My wife, Prophetess Donna Baxter, heads that up, and she will be taking you to a whole different stratosphere. Amen. So prepare yourself. Hallelujah. If you're going through any pains, if you're dealing with anything, hallelujah, emotionally come on in. You will not leave the same. You will not leave the same. Amen. That's noontime Pacific. Amen. Noontime Pacific. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just remember something. We will not be having uh, our prayer at noon. We're going to be shifting the time. Hallelujah. So I will get back to you on that. But this Saturday, Friday and Saturday, there will be no beta mentoring, nor will they be an hour of power on the 11th. Amen. Hallelujah. So we'll get back to you on the time uh, of the hour of power on the, um, excuse me, on the 19th. So we have the hour of power will not be taking place on the 12th. We'll be coming back on the 19th. I do apologize. Amen. Glory be to God. And then we have our uh, must be kingdom uh, men's ministry where we're going over a 20 week series of the measure of a man. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's our house cleaning. The other thing, if you, uh, if, if you can sow a seed, we have a need. Amen. We're, we're feeding families. Uh, we fed over 250 families on, on Saturday, and we're wanting to get uh, toys and things for the kids for this holiday season and try to supply these families that don't have uh, the ability to have a, a nice Christmas dinner and, and possibly give a child a toy. You know, a lot of people's laid off. The money that they have is having to go out to uh, take care of the responsible, responsible things like bills, amen, car payments, house payments, keeping the electricity on, and all that kind of stuff. So we want to be a help. And in order to be in help, we have to ask for help. So if you can help us meet the need, sow a seed. You can sow that into dollar sign MBKI Ministries on Cash App, or you can uh, go to our website at mbkiministries.com, click on the donate button, Whatever you give, a dollar, fifty cent, two dollars, five dollars, whatever, you know, it's all appreciated. And I'm quite sure the families that will be getting uh the proceeds from it will appreciate it as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, how many of you know we're on week nine? And if you need to get caught up, if you need week one through eight, inbox me. Inbox me or send me an email at Anthony Baxter at mbkiministries.com and I'll send you week one through eight because I want everybody to understand and comprehend the qualifications of a real and true leader. Amen. As well as a mature man because a mature man is just a leader. I mean, God has uh, created man to lead, to be the head. Amen. So if we're the head, that means we are leaders. But my question to you is, do you qualify? So what we're doing here is we're going through one characteristic a week. There's 20 characteristics, and we can find those in the book of uh, Timothy and Titus. So turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3, 
And before we do that, go get your Bible, go get a notebook and get a pen so that you can take notes. It takes, makes no sense to be on a teaching line and not take notes. Amen. You want to take notes so you can go back over your notes. Because when you go back over your notes, it kind of seals in what it is you're learning. Plus, you can make sure that I'm not lying to you by studying the word, going deeper into it. Amen. So go get your Bible. Go get your, your, your pen. Go get your, your notepad. Hallelujah. And let's dig. Let's get into this thing. Amen. All right. All right. So here we go. First Timothy chapter three and verse one reads this. This is a true saying. Now, this is a true saying, people. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. Now, I, I want to say something about that just real quick. Why is it these bishops are walking around like they're an apostle? See, the bishop position, it's a position. It's not a calling from God. It's a position that you can desire. Now, what that means is like I can say, hmm, I desire to be a bishop. Let me meet these qualifications, and I can qualify to be a bishop. When you are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, preacher, these are callings that were placed upon your life at the, at the, from the beginning of time. Big difference. Big difference. So we got to begin to shift and get back to the basics and put things back in their right perspective. Amen? Because a bishop is a desired position. Not an office. Position. There's a big difference between an office and a position. I just wanted to go over that because a lot of people that are coming in, they see all these bishops walking around with, the, with these big robes on and all this stuff, you know. No. Here it is. A bishop, if you desire to be a bishop, then you have to meet some qualifications. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hosp uh, hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor striker, not greedy of filthy liqueur, but patient, not a brawler, not covet, one that ruleth well his own house, his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own, own house, how shall he take care of the house of God? Not a novice, least being lifted up with pride, he falls into the condemnation of the devil. Amen? Moreover, he must have a good report of them with, which are without, least he falls into reproach and the snare of the devil. And the stale stare of the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. And then it goes into likewise must the deacon. The deacon is a desired position as well as we move up. So we're looking at these positions of the church, of a deacon and of a bishop. Now, these two positions are to be filled by leaders. So what they're saying is you must be a leader to qualify. And the qualification for a spiritual leader in the church of Jesus Christ 
meets these requirements. Now, my question to you is wherever church you go to, does your leader meet these? Secondly, if you are a leader in that church, do you meet these? Thirdly, if you are married in your home being a leader, do you meet these? Fourthly, in your job being a leader, do you meet these? See, these requirements are maturity. And in maturity, you can lead. But if you don't have the maturity, then something can hit you and you're going to act immature in that thing that hits you. And then there's going to be a reaction that is an immature reaction. And so on and so forth. Amen? Hallelujah. So as we go over each one of these once a week, you're able to see where you fit, who you qualify. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what we're going to be going over today is in verse 3, where it says, not given to wine. So what we're going to talk about today is your drinking. Do you drink? Is it uh, is it of God to drink? Some people say yes. Some people say no. So let's see what the Bible say, because it's plain. It's plain. It's in. It's right. It's right before your face. You just got to look at the verbiage that is being used. Okay? <clears throat> Amen. Now, the fact is that the Bible does not teach total abstinence. Did you ever think of that? The Bible does not teach total abstinence. The Bible says not given to wine. Now, I'm going to go to another. I'm going to go to another version. That's the King James Version. Uh, let me go to, uh, uh, what version am I going to go to here? Uh, Amplified King James Version right here. It says not given to wine there too. Okay, not given. So what we're going to do is we're going to go, okay, let me see. Let me go here. Okay, number three. It says here, he said, he should not want to drink too much wine. Okay, y- y'all getting it now, right? Too much wine. What happens if you drink too much wine? You get drunk, right? Okay, so let's go back, and we're going to look at the words. Because, see, you got to be a word person sometimes. you got to look at the words. So the Greek word for given to wine is given to wine or drunken. Drunken. So let's go back. So now it says, so what it's saying is don't be drunk. Don't get drunk. So, like I stated, It does not say anywhere in the Bible about total abstinence from drinking. It says not to get drunk. Amen. As moral hunger uh, reminds us, an old writer uh, from from years ago, uh, he said, in most of the passages of the Old Testament where the common word for wine is used, the reference certainly means fermented grape juice. So what you do is you crush the grapes 
And then you may leave and forget that the grapes have been sitting outside for a month. And they fermented. And now you drink. But not to get drunk. See, back then, back then, drinking wine, and still today, you know, a glass of wine really helps your body. Amen? A glass, I think they say red wine or something like that. I'm not, I'm not a wine drinker myself, but, you know, they say that, that it's supposed to help your body, help your heart, some of that nature. Well, they used it back then for health reasons. You know, then we look at, uh, we look at Moses. Moses. Moses used to get his drink on to the point to where his son came in and seen him butt naked in the tent. Amen. He, he, he was the first drunk in the Bible. Amen. But the Bible does not tell us that we are not to drink. Here, I'll back. Look here. Let's go to uh, Timothy. Go 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 to go to Timothy or Titus. Excuse me. Go to Titus, chapter one, and verse seven. Let's see what it says there. Titus, chapter one, and verse seven. Mm-hmm. He says this for bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not so angry, and not given to wine. It doesn't say and never to drink wine or be abstinence of wine or to forsake wine. It says not given to, meaning not to get drunk. Amen. Amen. Now, I know a lot of people will fight me on this, but I, I just want them to show me anywhere in the Bible where it says forsake wine. What forsake means is don't mess with it. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Show me in the Bible where it says forsake wine. But all throughout the Bible, it says don't get drunk. Amen. It says don't get drunk. Here, I'll show you. Go to Proverbs 23. And 20. Proverbs 23 and 20. Amen. Proverbs 23 and 20. Here we go. It says, be not among wine bibbers, among righteous eaters of flesh, among wine bibbers. Yeah, let me break that down a little bit for you, okay? It, from another version, it says, do not be a friend of people who drink too much wine. Amen? So, it's saying don't hang out with drunks. That's what it's saying right here. That's in Proverbs 23 and 20. Okay? Now, this is a command. This is a command of God. Do not be friends how are you going to be a friend with, 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 with a drunk? Because, you know, when you're not in your right mind, you ever seen a drunk? He's a slow, you know, and talking all crazy and doing all kind of crazy stuff, you know. And, and, and a lot of it goes against the will of God. Goes against the will of God. He's not in his right mind. He's not, he's not in, a, in a sane place to where he can make rational decisions. Amen? But this is your friend. You... Hanging out, y'all doing your thing. You and your right mind, and he's totally somewhere in left field. Oil and water don't mix. So stick with the water. Leave the oil alone. Amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. 
There's a question in verse 29 of Proverbs 23. There's a question. Okay, there's a question. We're going to go to this question and see what they're talking about. 29, verse 29. It says, who has woe, who has sorrows, who has contentions, who has babblings, who has wounds, without cause, who has redness of eyes. Now, I, I, I'm going to read this from this version because I want you all to get the, the total, I want you to get the sting of this thing because it's really talking. Look it. He says, show to me someone who drinks too much alcohol and he likes to taste new drinks. Then I will show you someone who is sad and sorry for himself. Have you ever seen Somebody that's drunk, you get them, they call them sad drunks. They all, they crying over the woo-hoo, how bad their life is. And then you got the angry drunks that want to fight everybody and all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's what he's talking about here. He always causes quarrels. That's the guy that always wants to fight. He is always saying that something is wrong, always paranoid. Oh, his eyes are red and his body has marks because he's fallen all over the place. He got marks all over his body. Amen. 30, verse 30 gives us the answer right here. Verse 30 gives us the answer to who this individual is. It says, they that carry long at the, at, at the wine, or let's say at the bar, they that go to seek mixed drinks. These are the people that deal with this stuff in verse 29, the drunks. See, drunkenness is condemned. You, you're condemned. Amen? Here, this is a, 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 a warning. We're being warned in verse 31. We're being warned in verse 31 down to 33. Listen. It says, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the least it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Then eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. See, it's telling you it looks one way, and when you take it in, it alters your mind to where your eyes begin to behold women you don't know. You start talking to them all, and you're married, you see, you see, and you say perverse things, and you, you see, you see, you're not in your right mind. This is what drunkenness does to you, not alcohol, not, not, not wine. Now, now, here, let me back it up. I'm talking about wine. Wine is made from grapes. That God created. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm not talking about cabossier. I'm not talking about Hennessy. Because that stuff. Those are what you call spirits. They're spirits. Amen. So we're talking about wine. Grapes that are fermented. We're not talking about. This other stuff. That hundred proof stuff. Amen. Glory be to God. See the new Testament. That Proverbs say, 
See, that's the Old Testament. Let's go into the New Testament. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. In verse 18. And it says this. Be not drunk. Right there. We can just stop right there. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't get filled up with wine. Get filled up with the Spirit is what he's telling these people in Ephesus. I guess they like to drink over there. So he's telling them to put down a drink and pick up the Spirit and put them in you. Get filled up with the Spirit of God. Be the best drunk you ever had. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, I'm going to share something with you, and we're going to get into this. You know, drinking and eating, they seem to run hand in hand. It talks about drinking and, 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 and not to be a drunk, but then it says not to overeat. See, that's my problem right there, the overeating thing. And I think that's a lot of our problem. We're going to get into that. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to bust the bubble quite yet. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you all getting something out of this. You know, most people will tell you, no, you cannot drink alcohol. No, you can't drink alcohol. But you can drink wine. Not to get drunk, but to socially have a glass or two of wine. The Bible says that's okay. Now, if, if Jesus is turning water into wine, that should tell us something. He didn't turn the water into alcohol. He turned it into wine. Big difference. Amen. Glory be to God. Now we're going to talk about addictive behaviors. Sinful. Addictive behaviors. You see, because what happens when you become a drunk is you, be, you, you create a habit. You, it's a habit to drink. You got, and then from the habit, it's like you got to have it. And that's the addictive personality that comes from drinking or whatever the thing may be. Because addiction is not just with drugs and alcohol and all these other things. Okay, it can come in many shapes, forms, and fashions. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I, I think it's 12, 12, 12. Yep, there it is right there. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. Here it goes. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedited. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Paul is saying here that all things are lawful unto him, but all things aren't good for him. Then he says, all things are lawful to him, but he will not be brought under or be controlled by any of them. So my question to you is this. What's controlling you? See, addictive behavior was Paul's primary concern when he was talking to Timothy and Titus. The addictive behavior. 
Because you have to remember what you know back then there was a lot going on. You know, you know you had you had other gods and these other gods were into to 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 drinking and just a lot of different things that are not of God. So as they came in and 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 and, and saved the people, their lifestyle had to change. They had to be transformed, hallelujah, into a renewed mind. And so in this this addictive behavior of doing some of the things that they were doing had to cease. So this was Paul's primary purpose. Amen? His primary purpose. See, Paul was uh, not condoning sinful behavior. Rather, he was saying that we can become enslaved even to those things that are not wrong in themselves. Things like eating. There's nothing wrong with eating. But you got people that will just eat and eat and eat. I mean, they just had a full plate of food, and now they're eating. You see, I'm guilty of that. I mean, you know, not, not to, I'm guilty of that, and I'm quite sure many others are. Amen? Hallelujah. We got, we got individuals that, uh, you know, you can, you can get addicted to water, drink too much water, and kill yourself. You know, there's many other things. You can get addicted to shopping. There's many things that we can get addicted to. You see, because when you get addicted to something, that means that that thing that you're addicted to controls you. There's only one. We were bought with a price. And the person that brought us, that has the receipt, owns us, right? And from that person that owns us, he has the right to control us. Not a drug, not money, not food, not nothing. But Jesus, he bought us. Amen? What controls you? What controls you? You see, when it comes to wine, some people drink and get drunk. They drink, and, they, and that's their, their they, they, they're drinking to get drunk. They, they, they want to get there. Amen? And this is why I believe maybe alcohol, okay, because alcohol would get you there a lot faster than wine. If you had to drink a bottle to a wine, you could probably drink, drink two or three, four, five shots of some of this other stuff, and it'll get you, just, just get you there for, for yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you also have some people that drink because they're addicted. Then you have some people that drink sociably. Their behavior uh, is different. You have some people that got to have it. I mean, they'll walk by a couple of tables that got, they got, still got some wine or some alcohol in the glass, and they'll just pick it up and drink it. It ain't theirs, but they're going to drink it because they got to have it. Then you got some people that are just drunks, are not drunks, but they just are heavy drinkers. But when something comes about, they just they pump their brakes on the drinking and, you know, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Then you have some people that just are occasional uh, casual drinkers that might drink a half a glass and leave the rest, leave the rest there. Amen. See, 
we, we, we must understand this. Addiction is the number one issue in today's culture. Addiction is the number one issue in today's culture. If it's not drugs, then it's food. If it's not food, then it's shopping. If it's not shopping, then it's cleaning. If it ain't cleaning, then it's, 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 it's hoarding. If it's not, I mean, people are addicted. And what is it all about? Ease and comfort. Whatever makes you feel good, you use it. But you don't feel good. So you take something on the outside of you to fix something on the inside of you. Amen? But we come to find that it really doesn't work. So we got to keep doing it. We got to keep doing it. You see? But the Bible says that, or Jesus said this. He said, I will send thee a comforter. See, that's all you're really wanting is comfort. But what we do, we tend to use things outside of ourselves instead of using what's already in us. And that's the Holy Spirit that will comfort us in our time of uh, of need. Amen. You see, and then we have to realize that we have a government that brainwashes us because you can watch a movie and see somebody get fired in the next scene. They're sitting in a bar with a drink in their hand. You see, so what does that tell a person? When I get fired, I need to go get a drink. When I get fired, I need to go smoke some weed. I need to go do a drug. I need to go shopping. I need to do whatever I need to do to make me feel better. But what's to make you feel better is already in you. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to God. Now, it's not accurate to say that the Bible teaches that all Christians should abstain from drinking. But those that have had alcohol problems should sustain from drinking because they know if they take a drink where it's going to lead them. Does the Bible say that we should be abstinent from wine? I want to continue to put that out there. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm not talking about Hennessy. I'm not talking about JD. I'm not talking about Wild Goose or whatever they call that stuff. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about wine. The Bible says, okay, that it's okay to drink a glass or two of wine, not to get drunk. Now, if you're planning to get drunk, then you need to go repent, go lay on the altar. But if you want to casually have a glass of wine, the Bible says ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, this is what the Bible say, y'all. Okay? So, if y'all want to talk about it, hit me up. We can talk about it. You show me in the Bible where it say we have to sustain. We have to forsake. You show me that, hey, now I'll come back on it and change my tune. Amen? All right. So, let's go ahead. Avoiding being a stumbling block. Avoiding being a stumbling block. Let me tell you guys, you know, this is one of the things that really kind of hurt me uh, when I was a teenager. You know, there were some individuals that didn't do drugs, you know, and they hung out, you know, hung out around me and things like this. And I started doing things that they weren't doing. 
And then I introduced them to the things that I was doing that they weren't doing. And and, and see, I didn't know that it would mess up my life. You know, I wasn't in it like that. But as time went, I got deeper in it, and my life just began to fall apart. But you know what? Their lives fell apart too. You see, I was a stumbling block in their life. Why? Because I turned them on to something that was going to take them downhill. Did you turn somebody on to something, some type of drug or, you know, something? Did you, 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 you know, you women, you know, have you hooked up your, your girlfriend with a dude that was abusive? You know, stumbling block, <laughs> you know, you know, stumbling block. The Bible also teaches that we should never cause anyone to stumble. We should never cause any one to stumble or to fall into sin. Shouldn't do that. We, we're to bring people out of sin. We're to bring them out of darkness into the, the light, not out of the light into the darkness. Because if that be the case, then you, you're not serving God. You're serving Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 14 and verse 21 with me. Romans chapter 14 and verse 21. Amen. 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 It says here in Romans chapter 14 and verse 21, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything where be thy brother stumbleth or is offended. Are is made weak. Are is made weak. It said it is not good neither to eat flesh. So let's say hypothetically, your friend is really hungry, and you guys are going to go somewhere, and he comes over to your house, and he's like, "Man, I am so hungry, man. We're gonna have to get something to eat." And you say, "Well, hey, I ain't gonna buy something to eat." I got some pork right here. I'm about to eat this pork chop. I got five or six of them in there. I'm about to eat this pork chop. Now, he don't eat pork. Okay? That's the wrong thing to do. Okay? Wrong thing to do. If, 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 if you drink wine and your friend has an alcohol problem and he's been sober for five, six years, you're not going to order wine at dinner, you would order water because you don't want your friend to stumble. Amen? You don't want your friend to stumble. This is what it means. Amen? You don't want to put him in a position to where he's going to make a wrong choice. I remember, you know, I'd be with a couple friends and, you know, they, they really didn't under, know my background but they would stop somewhere that I knew two houses away was a drug dealer that I used to deal with. And it would take everything in me just to stay in the car. I had locked the doors so I couldn't get out. Not, not, not so that people couldn't get in so that I wouldn't get out. Because if I got out of that car, I wasn't going to the house they was at. I was going down the street. Amen. Hallelujah. Stumbling. Now, they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so don't be a stumbling block. Listen, parents, 
we could sometimes be a stumbling block for our own kids. See, kids have a potency to become addicted when you may not be addicted. You know, there, there's all kind of stuff going on. They're saying, you know, in the genes, it may skip skip a generation and all this and that and the third. That plays a part, too. That plays a part, too, you know. But we as adults, you know, we can do a lot of drinking and around our kids, and this is what they see. Kids do more what they see than what they're told to do. So they're going to experiment when you're not around. And then in this day and age, peer pressure is so great that kids are doing things that they really don't want to do just to be liked. If you look at some of these college kids, they're dying from uh, alcohol poisoning uh, to try to get in a fraternity. Peer pressure. So be very mindful what your kids are seeing you do because they're going to emulate you in what they see. Amen. Another area that we're going to uh, go over here is avoid overindulgence. Okay. Because like I said earlier, food and alcohol seem to run together in the Bible. You see it talks about drinking wine. It'll talk about being a gluttony, you see. So overindulging is gluttony, and gluttony is a sin. Amen. And this is an area that I have to work on because I like food. I'm an ex-chef, so I like making food. I like eating food, but I have to watch myself. Amen. See, eating and drinking are often mentioned together in the Bible. Uh, uh, let's face it, though. Uh, there are Christians who overeat regularly like me, but would n- never touch a drop of alcohol. You know, those they don't drink, but they eat, they'll eat, they'll eat up everything, but they won't drink a drop. Yet, they are consistently overweight, not because of their, uh, they have a health issue, but because of the lack of self-discipline the lack of self-discipline. And then what they'll do is they'll talk about the individual that's sitting over here drunk. Here, let me show you something. Go go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3 and 5. It talks about the log in your eye. Take it out, get everything straight, and then go to your brother that got the twig in his eye and help him out. But first, deal with your issue before you start coming down to somebody else's issue. Amen? If you got an issue, deal with it, and then come back and help your brother with his. But don't sit up here with an issue and try to put somebody else down because you're no better. You're no better. Hallelujah. So we're going to go over here five areas, five specific suggestions That will help you. That will help you. Amen. Or here, let me do this first. I want to. I want to go over this first. These things that I'm about to tell you, they're going to. They can help you 
uh, develop a greater Christian lifestyle that conforms to biblical principles. Okay, I want to go over this first, and then we'll uh, go over uh, these specific suggestions that will will help you in this area of uh, wine and overeating. Amen. Don't judge. That's first. Number one, don't judge. What's good for you might not be good for someone else. Okay? So, but what's good for you might not be good for them. Talks about this in Romans 14 and uh, 5. We Here, let me scroll up there. I'll get that real quick. It says, one man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So when you know fully, you're fully persuaded upon something. Let's say hypothetically, I know I can't drink. So I'm 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 thoroughly persuaded that I can't drink. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to be around people that drink. I'm not going to be going to bars because there's drinking that goes on there and I don't drink. You see? So you so so be 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 persuaded within yourself, but then at the same time, because you don't do it, doesn't mean that somebody else can't. Doesn't mean so, you know, and, and you have people that are very respectful, and I love them. They say, you know what, you know what, Apostle, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to drink water or some coffee, you know, I know, I know you don't. You know, and that's very respectful, you know, and I let them know, man, you know, you do what you want to do, you know, but I appreciate it. But then you got others that just, you know, they just go and do what they're going to do. You know, they they don't have any honor or respect for the spirit man, the apostle in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two is practice the higher principle. Practice the higher principle. Amen. And that's just what I was going over with you. Talks about it in First Corinthians chapter eight and verse seven. See, love and concern for others is the higher principle. The mature, sensitive believer is willing to avoid certain activities in their life to make sure that the individual that they're with does not stumble. Like I stated, you may go to a dinner, you may drink wine, and your your meeting doesn't. So you just being respectful, you order some coffee, some water, you don't have any wine. You know, that's taking a higher road, a higher principle. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three is to be disciplined. You know, when it comes to overeating, when it comes to all these type of things, it has to do with self-discipline. Are you disciplined? Can you say no to yourself? Amen. Discipline yourself so that you can overcome those things that are overcoming you. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So let's take a look at five things that will help you. Isolate the problem, whatever the problem may be. If it's overeating like myself, hallelujah, whatever that issue may be, 
isolated. Figure out what is it. Discuss the problem with several other mature Christians to see if they concur that it is really a serious issue or just an oversensitive conscience. Okay? Now, if others concur that the problem is real, ask them to pray regularly for you because prayer changes things. Amen? Then what you do is you write out the problem on a piece of paper and then write out specific goals you wish to accomplish in overcoming the problem. Now, read those goals several times a day if necessary to keep it in your mind. You got to renew the mind, okay? Last but not least, develop a regular time to study the scriptures and to meditate and pray about the problem. See, many Christians, they, they, they fail consistently because they are programmed for failure. Now, if you want to overcome a problem, uh, program yourself for victory in Jesus. This is why I tell people, don't say, uh, I'm a try, because try is a cop-out. That's what failures say. Winners say, okay, I'm going to do it. And if they, they fall short, they say, okay, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to do it again. Because they did it, they just didn't complete it. Just because you don't get the result doesn't mean you didn't do it. You did it. So get up and do it again and go further than you did the last time. Amen? Now, if you cannot overcome difficulty by following these five suggestions, uh, seek help from a competent Christian counselor so that they will lead you by the word of God and not the word of man. Amen? Glory be to God. I want to welcome and thank each and every person that has tuned in today. I hope you guys really got something out of this. Understand this. There's nothing wrong with a glass of wine. I'm not talking about hard alcohol. I'm talking about wine. But just don't get drunk. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word and bringing clarity to us pertaining to Fermented grapes. Oh, Father God, I just pray that no one runs with this and goes out and does some crazy stuff because you say it's okay to do a little. Hallelujah. For those that may have problems with alcohol or or, or, or have been uh, in one of the programs, hallelujah. Father, I just pray that they will stay focused, that the enemy will not use us to come into their mind to lead them to do uh, uh, amen hallelujah but Lord we just thank you for the truth and we thank you for showing us pertaining to overindulging and having self-discipline and not letting nothing control us but you amen so we give thanks honor and praise Father God and I pray that this word has fallen not on deaf ears, but on fertile ground, that it may take root and grow. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. I want to thank you again for coming on. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that My Brother's Keeper's Men's Ministry is on Sundays, 6 p.m. Pacific, 
p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. The number you can call is 515-605-9839. And if we have blessed you within this series and you'd like to send a donation, you can always send that to our cash app at dollar sign MBK Ministries or you can go to our website mbkiministries.com that's dollar sign mbki ministries or mbkiministries.com amen god bless you and remember walk by faith not by sight we'll see you next sunday